everybody so thank you for tuning in to another episode of the message is moving where we break generation curses one day at a time and on this episode we speak on breaking a generation disconnect between africans and african americans now of course due to transatlantic atlantic slave trade a disconnect between the motherland and natives that were brought here is in- inevitable records of family history wasn't documented too much later, which relied on slave masters' last names to identify families growing up in America for black citizens. Our history was shattered, and all we knew of Africa is what we saw in the media. Commercials of kids struggling and asking for donations was all we saw on TV. People to this day keep referring to Africa as a country and not as a continent. The perception about ancestry was dictated by our very own oppressors. So to bridge the gap, I had to bring a special guest as an actual resident in the continent of Africa. Welcome, my guy, Kwame from Lagos, Nigeria, West Africa. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here. Now, did I say that right now? I probably messed that up. Um, what's, the proper, what's the proper way of saying it? Is it, is it Lagos, Lagos? Yeah, it's Lagos. Okay. And yeah. first, first thing first, from what I study, that's actually Nigeria's largest city. So how would you describe growing up there? No, it's not the largest city. It's the most populated city. Okay. Yeah, okay. it's the most populated city. Uh, Ibadan is the largest city in, in West Africa. Got it. And what was life like growing up there? Uh, it's uh, kind of like New York. Like It's ups and down. There's ghetto, there's suburb, and there's very rich people as well so it's the business center of nigeria so it's very populated and also everything is always on the move clumsy fast everything works 24 hours people work overnight and also we don't, we don't sleep like new york as well oh wow so that's the place to go to if you visit there yeah that's the place to go to if you are doing business but if you want to enjoy yourself you go to other states in nigeria got it got it now, there are several Nigerian actors and actresses here in the States. Um, and directors. Yes. And, um, you know, Rotemi, the actor that plays Dre from Power, I noticed in one of his interviews, he mentioned that parenthood can be very strict growing up in Nigeria. Like, the expectations can be very um, demanding of their kids sometimes. Was that the was that your story as well? Like, is that true that a lot of Nigerian parents are pretty strict on career choices for their kids? Yeah, yeah, they had. They, they wanted to be um, a doctor, lawyer, engineer. If you are not one of those three things, is you're kind of like an outcast. Like, what, what are you doing with your life? You're not a doctor. You're not an engineer. You're not a lawyer. So, what else? What else can you do? What are you achieving? And also. Like, you have to work extra hard to prove them wrong. Like, okay, I can do other things and still make money and live fine. So they just they just want the best for their kids. That's the whole point of, like, you must do something very educated. So a lot of Nigerians go to school. We, we, we have to, like, we don't have a choice. We have to go to school. Mm. Got it. That's funny because the three occupations you mentioned, that's exactly what he said. Like, doctors and lawyers. So yeah. Um, but like you say, it came from a place of love, right? They just want the best for their kids and make sure they're successful. So I assume that anything else, they just want to make sure that you're carrying on a legacy and make sure you're all right going forward. Yeah, but not not all parents are lawyers or doctors, or they are. Most of them, they some of them don't even go to school. They didn't even get to go to school. So, but they they know the value of education, so they want their children to go to school. They always make sure that children are well-educated and they do everything in their power to get them the best education they can get. So that, that's just the way it is. They, they realize that the, the ones that went to school, the older generation now that went to school earlier back in Nigeria, so they, they understand what they've achieved now. They understand how much they make by being lawyer, doctor. So it's always those three occupations that, that is like the true significant occupation in Nigeria. So they always make sure, okay, my kids must achieve so many things by being a doctor, being a lawyer. 
Got it. Now, I noticed you made a comparison to New York. So have you actually been in the United States before? No, I haven't. I've never even left. Okay, I left Nigeria once, but to the neighboring country, I, I went to uh, Cameroon. So it's a, uh, by, I went by road, though. It's always like crossing from, uh, going from United States to Mexico. Got it. Okay. Okay, so on the flip side, and I mentioned a little bit of this on my intro, all we knew of Africa is what we saw in the media, right, and what we were yeah. taught by all the pressers. Um, on the flip side, when it came to Black Americans, what did you learn um, growing up? Yeah, growing up for me, when I, when I started knowing, like growing up, I started realizing stuff for myself and seeing things. I I grew up um in in the ghetto, like yeah, like Nigerian ghetto. That's where I grew up. Is I didn't I didn't my parents were never rich. I didn't have any money. I didn't even know who my mom was until I was seventeen years old. So life for me was different. So the only thing I survived on was I started working for myself, like getting a job, looking for jobs up and down when I was like twelve. So it was it has always been an, a hustle for me to make sure I get something for myself. So growing up, I started I started listening to music, American music, and I started realizing okay, there's a different word out there like that I don't even know of like. So as I keep I kept my mind open to things that. I don't know. So, but the, the first thing that fell on my lap was rap music. Yeah, I okay. remember. Yeah, the first thing that fell on my lap was rap music. I remember listening to um, "If I Rule the World" by Nas and Lauren Hill. That was the first song. I, and you know, you mentioned Africa in the, in, in that verse, in the last verse of the song. That he said, uh, "Take on my and send them to Africa, stuff like that." So I was not like, okay. Yeah. So these people know we are here, and. I'm just realizing that they are over there as well. So I'm trying to like, okay, I'm trying to see more than the next thing was movies. So I saw some movies as well, Wesley Snipes, mostly Passenger 57 or something like that. So so, so then I realized, okay, there's a whole new world out there that I need to see. So then I opened my mind to music more Then I started reading some books as well. So and school, school didn't really help much about learning about other countries or continents. But when I started, I started studying more, then I started realizing that, okay, this is the United States, but there is another, there is America itself, which is the continent, and there is the United States of America, the country. So that's when I said, okay, and I realized there's other states in America, and I realized how big America is. So just about yeah. opening your mind and learning, realizing things yourself. I guess that, that's just some of the things that I realized that Americans, black, especially black Americans, are lazy to do. So they just watch TV and listen to whatever it is that they tell them about the continent. Then they believe whatever it is that is on TV. Got it. So in a sense, hip hop was like a new, like a news broadcast, basically to kind of learn. Yeah, and, exactly. Right, and in a, in, a, in a sense, that's kind of for us too. Like you mentioned, uh, when I wrote the word, that is correct. No, as matter of fact, Nas is probably one of those consistent artists that always. Mentioned Africa in this catalog, um, and honestly, until now, music is more universal now. But that's how we learned about other regions. Like I never really been in California. I'm in the Southeast, but I will learn from California from Dr. Trey and Snoop and how they spoke about it, and I learn about okay. different areas, right? Like based on how they spoke about it. I know it's not quite the same now because everybody kind of talk about the same universal thing. Well, some artists do. But um, okay, that's interesting. So that's that wasn't really something. Well, I know Nigeria has, probably has its own rich history, but in school that wasn't really a focal point, right? Like talking no, about it wasn't no, in a, yeah, we were colonized here by the British, so they talk to, they tell us more about the British Empire than we talk about other nations. So it's always most of the things we were taught in secondary school. That that's high school year. We call it secondary school over here. So most of the things we were taught in secondary school was like okay. This is the British, the Queen. You have the um, Prime Minister, and also they tell us about the people that came to colonize us and stuff like that. So we learn more about the British than the Americans. So things that we know about the Americans, we like self-taught. So we read books, and then now that there is internet, we go online and see things. We learn about things ourselves. So 
Got it. So now I know you dropped that Nas. If I rule the world, you got to give me your top favorite. I'll say probably top three. Top three favorite rappers in the United States. <laughs> Dead or alive. Don't matter. Okay. Um, my favorite rapper is Nas. Okay. He has always been my number one. So Nas and then Pac. Okay. Yeah, then I have to go to go with uh, Black Thoughts as number three. That's a legendary list right there. See, I know me and this guy was brother, but like this and relatives right here. <laughs> yeah. I like it. Nas, Tupac, and Black Thought from the Roots. Yes. Strong list, strong list. Now you mentioned um you watch certain movies as well. And you don't have to really rank them, but what's some popular movies that you watched in the pilot's popular um from you and your friends that was based in the United States? Okay, as a child, we, we grew up on uh, watching Sylvester Stallone and Arnold Schwarzenegger, so and Wesley Snipes as well. We never really get into Denzel movies. It was later in my life that I really got into Denzel movies. But the ones we were privileged to see, because we, when we go to the um, rental store where we, where we can rent the VHS video cassette, I know. So it's always um, Sylvester Stallone, Rambo, or um, Rocky. Or Schwarzenegger, okay. Commando, stuff like Erasers. Their movies, those two top actors. So those are the people that. We, so growing up, I used to like those ones. But later, when I got into Denzel movies and started enjoying, and then I got into Black American movies. I saw Love and Basketball first. That was the first Black American movie I saw. Then I saw Brown Sugar. Then I realized later that it was directed by a Nigerian, Rick Famuyiwa. So I was so excited that okay. This is my people doing something. At least I can. That means I can do anything if I want to. So, so my, favorite, my favorite movie of all time right now is um, American Gangster. Okay. American American Gangster Gang- and then Training Day. Oh man, I just watched Training Day last night for like the ninety eighth time. Okay. Yeah, Training Day, and then the, the third one I'm going. I will have to go to uh, go with. Um, uh, I I I'm in between Brown Sugar and Best Man all the day. Best Man, the Best Man, one of those two. Okay, man, you dropping classic right here. I like it. Yeah, I like it. So, you mentioned growing up in the ghetto region of Nigeria, yeah. right? So, yeah. I know for us, the last episode that I dropped was about redlining and how sometimes that can create a divide of uh, basically a wealth gap between black Americans and white Americans. And a lot of places that were probably ghettos generations before, they probably got redeveloped and gentrified. So the area that you grew up in, is that still considered like the rough part or has that been gentrified? And what can you tell us about the gentrification in Nigeria? Yeah, the gentrification in Nigeria is just, it depends on how much you have in your pocket. Mm. So it's it's basically is either is either you are poor or you are rich. There's no in between in Nigeria. There is, but there's a thin line. Like you can is either you are rich or you are poor in Nigeria. So and the rich, the rich ones, they lived areas like here, uh, Victoria Island, uh, Ikoi, Banana Island. Those are the places where the rich or Lekki. Basically, the, most of them they live on the island. But when you come to the mainland, then you have the ghettos in the mainland, then you have the places like Ajegunle, Bariga, then you have the Ouro, Shumolu, those are the ghetto parts of Lagos, where I grew up. I grew up in the, in the Bariga part. And so, um, then we were, there's no, nothing, there's no sugar cutting, we were poor. Like, we, we don't have nothing. I have this, I have trek, I, I walk to school without sandals, so, like, so the the, gotcha. the old thing is that the, the rich people they they don't relate with the poor like in America now if you no matter how, how broke you are you can sit talk to anybody like with com, com, with confidence and all like you talk to this person like it doesn't matter if the person is driving a Bentley or is driving a Ferrari you talk to the person normally like and the person will talk back to you like you are human as well 
but over here we tend to look down on each other is it that your, your dad is rich so you don't even try to talk to the poor kids from the ghetto so so making it out for everybody is always a struggle lives will be lost like this only the strong will survive that's just the thing like you have to be strong to survive so. got it got it yeah and I, think, and I think that was an interesting point because you mentioned that gentrification is really based on how much money you have in your pocket yeah exactly. so so basically money talks where us i mean that's still a part of it but of course we understand that we have we're still battling generations of systematic racism and you know yeah. the people that's oppressing doesn't look like us and that's a good segue to what i wanted to ask you next because um one of the things that became viral last year was the in sars movement yeah so what what exactly is that movement can you describe that movement to us and why is it so important yeah the the who is like having a police department and you have the swat you know they are still part of the police but it's just a department like a branch of the police so uh the SARS is like they're supposed to be like our, our own swats over here but the the, the, is, the, the full meaning of the old SARS is a special anti-robbery squad like they were supposed to stop robbery from happening like they are the squad that you call when there's a robbery in action or when there's anything like violence somewhere you call them they, they come and they attend to it but they don't do that they once you call them they don't answer but instead, they keep harassing young the youth in the country, like trying to make a way, trying to pave way for themselves, trying to also make money, get their parents out of the ghetto, stay out of the ghetto, and all. Those are the people that they harass and kill. Like they, they literally come forward, they come to you, they stop you on the road, and ask you, where are you going? Bring your phone. They search your phone without warrant. They search your bag, search your pocket without warrant, and then. They check your account balance and see how much you have left in your account and tell you they want a percentage of the money left in your account. Like they have the right to eat or something. Like which is troubling. Like that's like robbing you're robbing me with a badge. You understand? Like it's like a police mm-hmm. officer over there stopping you and asking you to empty your wallet and give him all the cash that you have on you. Or you should send him money on cash app or anything like that. So it's crazy. So instead of just when they do that if that is the lesson that they do, that will, will even be fine. But they lock people up legally, they kidnap, they trade, they, they exchange prisoners. Like if he, if if there is a rich man son in jail now, and then then they arrest somebody, even an innocent poor child, they can take that child to replace the rich man a child in jail. Like they release the rich man child to go home, then they will put the poor man child in jail to replace the rich one. Oh, wow. Yeah, like crazy stuff like that. And that is not the first time it's happened. That's not the second time. That, that's been happening for years. So, last year it was just the enough is enough time. Like, you just have to fight back. Like, yeah, we don't have any choice. So, and since the government was not ready to help with complaint, write petitions and stuff like that, so, but nothing has changed. So... Wow, and you mentioned you mentioned it's going on for for years. So has it been going on like even since your childhood? Like, it, was it a recent memory, or it always been that way? It's been going on since I was a child. Like, but it advanced as well. Like growing up as a child, you you really won't notice stuff like that. But you see police walking around, like moving around. In they don't even use police uh, car or bus or van or anything. They use like private. Uh, minivan to move around but as a child you're not their target at that point so they don't care so but we see those things we really didn't know how deep it was until until we grew we grew up and then started happening to us like the, my own experience with them was there was a time I, I okay i had my uh laptop with me in the bag in the backpack so i was coming back from an assignment so i had a shoot that day so i was coming back so i had my laptop in the back so they stopped me he said, what do I have in my bag? I said, it's my laptop. He said, I should bring it out, open it, and switch it on for them. They want to check what I have on my laptop. Like, why do I have a laptop? Like, imagine, so in this era of technology, like, everybody's, 
everything now you have to do you work a computer you do it online and stuff like that a police officer asking you what are you doing with the laptop like it's that question alone is very already pissed me off like it's very annoying like so they they checked the, the laptop they couldn't find anything incriminating so they were just they checked my phone as well they couldn't find anything incriminating so the guy was not like okay you have to give us something like i should bribe them like well okay and i'm asking like what am i bribing you for like did i commit any crime he said no did i do anything wrong he said no he said so but i still have to give him something just because he's a police officer and i'm like okay i don't have anything to give you the next thing he did was he put the handcuff in my hand in my in my left hand he was trying to get to my right hand but he couldn't so i was not asking like why are you coughing me like what is my crime he said when i get to the station he will explain to me no I said, if you were going to take me anywhere today, you have to read me my right. You have to tell me what my crime is and why you're arresting me. And mind you, he, still, he was still with my laptop. The, the the second guy from their group was still in my laptop, still checking, whatever it is. I don't know why he was looking for my laptop. So before I knew it, he started using force. He was hitting me, slapping me, stuff like that. I was like, this is so unnecessary. Before I knew it, we were at the station. I have to call somebody to come and bail me out from prison, from, uh, sorry, from jail. Like, I have to pay, I, I don't know how to convert that to dollars right now, but I have to pay around like 100,000 naira just to get myself out for not doing anything, like I didn't commit any crime. And they, if they, imagine if they do that to like 10 people a day. Mm. That means uh, their, their group alone. They've already made like a, a million error that they are going to share with it themselves. That's crazy. Like everything just boils down to being corrupt, corruption, like from the politicians down to the local government chairman to the federal government. The police is corrupt, the army is corrupt, everything is just corrupt. Wow, so you haven't, so have you ever had like that leadership? That say we're going to combat this, or was part of people, or as long as you knew, it was no, always no, like that. No. The, the only reason this the protest, this last protest was successful, is because there was no leader. If there was a leader, they would have called the leader to the side, then bribe the leader, then he would be quiet. The only mm -hmm. reason the protest lasted that long and was successful was because there was no leader. They couldn't pinpoint to one person like, okay, this is the person that is directing them. Because there was no direction. Everybody was just out and tired. Like, this has to be done. Like, everybody was just there. But we all know that we are all fighting for one thing. You should end. Got it. Yeah. Man, I'm definitely, because um, I, I, I got, I got, you know, I started being aware of the movement on Twitter and I'm seeing the yeah. hashtag and, and I didn't, I did a little bit of research on it, but of course, you know, I'm pretty sure it was more details than even we could see. And you you breaking down the, the examples of it, and my heart's for y'all, man. I hope y'all definitely pull through in the long run because no one no one deserves yeah, abuse their power like we, that. Yeah, we, we are not done with them yet because we are just waiting for them to. We want election to be closed, like when they start campaigning, that's when they will start again, so they will know that they are serious. So once it start affecting their election, they are, they are coming back into power and they realize that, okay, we have to do something about this. Got it. And, um, and I'm assuming you've been joining the protest as well. Yeah, I did a couple of, like, couple of days. Got it. Got it. So thanks for providing insight, even your own experience, um, on what happened because you actually answered my next question already because I was going to ask what really drove the energy to say, okay, this protest is going to be effective this time. But like you mentioned, because of the lack of leadership, that's when y'all mm -hmm. kind of took advantage of it. Okay. Um, and I actually saw, I believe, Burner Boy, I want to say the video, Monsters, was when he kind of really shed more light to it as well. I think on the BET mm -hmm. Awards. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. Yeah, so I know that monster you made, the monster you made. Yeah, that's right. From the, the latest album, which we're gonna talk about that too, which is a dope album. 
Oh, um, yeah. But to, to switch gears a little bit. So here, there was definitely a renewed interest in visiting Africa due to the movie The Black Panther. Americans love that version of Africa. <laughs> Americans love that version of Africa, <laughs> but that is not Africa. <laughs> That's not Africa. Well, go ahead, bring it down to us. What's go ahead? Go ahead. What, what was it that was like? Nah, that's not it. Like all of it was a lie. Like I mean, we know it's fiction, but yeah, it's fiction. But but they got the dressing. The no no not all the dressing, but some of the dressing, right? The 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 costume and all. But that that African, the accent, the way they talk, the oh. That, that 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 is not Africa at all. <laughs> that's like, uh, that's, uh, that. Remember, okay, there was this there, there was this um um Avenger movie. Hello, mm-hmm. can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Uh, yeah, is it Captain America? The this thing that the first thing that they showed in the movie was the one they came to Lagos. Yeah, I can't remember the yeah the one yeah that. You see those those market fights that they did that they were fighting in the market in the midst of people are that's kind of like uh the ghetto looks like the ghetto but they didn't get it perfectly but they tried that was like uh they call that that kind of place is aleko like you go the road has the road are always very tiny like you have to pass behind people's shops behind people's business like that's kind of like what lagos looks like like the the, the ghetto parts not, not the rich part. So that's that's Africa. That's not not the Wakanda kind of <laughs> Africa. The Wakanda is when everybody in Africa. I can I, I can literally speak for everybody in Africa. When we saw Black Panther, we were like, oh, yo, this is just <laughs> this is just like <laughs> like they are selling. They are, like we we're not we we're not sad about it, but at the same time we we're like at least if you want to tell the story, tell it right. Like. I understand it's fiction though, but so that that was that's why we couldn't get mad. Like, okay, fine. But the fact that Americans love it so much, that's a painful part. Like, all this, all this, why we've been talking to you guys about Africa, we've been trying to show you what real Africa is like. We have images on Google, like pictures, nice, nice, nice drone pictures over, like that you can check and see. Like, okay, this is beautiful. This is nice. There's so many beautiful things in Africa. Even better than what you saw in the Wakanda movie, like so many nice places, like so many tourist tourism places, like you can that you can go to, come to, like enjoy yourself. But you guys will not listen. But when the movie came out, everybody started wearing dashiki. I started wearing um, <laughs> the this thing. Like I'm not like really like this is so funny. Everybody started doing uh, Wakanda forever. Like, like we don't even greet each other like that. That's funny. I mean, it was kind of like we we wanted to make fun of you guys, but we're like, ah, let them have this fun, let them enjoy. Like at least they're appreciating some part of Africa for the first time. Like at least no, this is not what Fox is saying. This is not what CNN is saying about Africa. This is what a a black man is trying to say about Africa. At least he tried. He really did. I love Ryan Coogler because he tried his best to portray all the research that he did. Coming to Africa to learn about the dressing and trying with the old, the way, the way they talk and also, the Af- Africa is a very big place though. Like if you are more than fifty countries, and then you have. But I realize that when most Americans come to Africa, they go to South Africa. They go to South Africa, so when they come, they, they be like, ah, I've been to Africa. When you ask which part, you be like Africa. I'm like no, no, no. Where did you go in Africa? Like. And they can't tell you. And when you, sometimes when I talk to some people, especially on Twitter, when you ask them like, okay, can you like give me some countries that you like to go in Africa? They be like, I'm coming to Africa. No, no, you can't just say you're coming to Africa. Like if, if I'm coming to United States now, as as United States is a country, I can tell you which state I'm going to. I can even tell you which like which city I want to go to there. Like I would tell you, okay, this I'm go I'm going to. Uh, California and I, I want to visit Canton or something. So, but they, they, once they mention Africa, they believe Africa is just this tiniest place where everybody just live together and they don't wear clothes 
and they jump around in the bush and chase lions <laughs> around the place, which is very funny. I, I've, I'm an African. I've never seen a lion before. See, so this, this is this is why we have this episode, so you can expose all that, right? Yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm African. I've never seen a lion before, so it's crazy when we sometimes... I'm, Black Americans can be so naughty because when they talk to an African person and they they, they they tend to talk to the person as if he's stupid, like and the only reason we keep quiet and look at you is like because I'm imagining like I'm probably smarter than you. You're, you're just talking to me as if I'm stupid. So we just let it be like, okay, continue being yourself. <laughs> like it's just, it's always funny, like and the language. In my country alone we have uh more than 20 language like oh. literally there is three major tribes in my country the yoruba the Igbo, and the Aousa. like yeah i'm sure you you've seen uh this thing um this is a race series oh what's the title again uh it's a, a series um on hbo uh, a race series a uh, series on HBO was was that series? What's the name of the ti- what's the title of the series? Um, Insecure. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, you see, it, uh, our friend in Insecure, even Oji, she's she's Nigerian. She she's Igbo. She she came from the Igbo part of Nigeria. Why uh David Oyelowo come comes from the Yoruba part? Why the the, yes. the third part? We don't really have much. Uh, we have the Aousa. And those are the most populated parts of Nigeria. Like Yorubas are, are big, but they are not as big as the Aousa, but they are bigger than the Igbo, but the Igbo is the smallest part. So, and we still have other states that they don't even speak Igbo, they don't speak Yoruba, they don't speak Aousa. Like just in my country alone, there is 20 languages, like different languages. Now imagine in other countries in Africa, you have South Africa, they speak Swahili, some, some inside South Africa, some people speak Bantu. Why you go to uh, Ethiopia, Somalia, go to East Africa, North Africa. So is is the languages are different, the culture is different, the food is different inside the same Africa. But when Americans talk about Africa, they talk about okay, no matter the food you are Afri- the the food they are trying to give them to it, once the person is from Africa, I'm eating African food. No, you are eating is either you are eating Ethiopian food or you are eating Nigerian food. There is nothing like African food. African food doesn't exist. It's just different culture and different tribe kind of food. And there's different dressing, the way of dressing, the way we speak. We even have different swag. So when in my in my tribe now, the uh, which is Yoruba, mm-hmm. we, we, we wear we wear agbada. It's like Danshiki but bigger. We wear agbada and kaftan. So that's that's our home. Why the Igbo they like to wear uh, the wrap. They, they clothe around their waist and wear a singlet. Gotcha. When you have the Aousa, when you have the Aousas that wear dashiki, like the full-blown dashiki, that's what they wear. So, and you have the Ghanaians, they, they have their own dressing, so you have the Cameroonians, they have their own... In Cameroon alone, they speak French and they speak English. So, in, in, that's just one country. So, um, it, it, it's, it's, Africa is very big and it's very wide. There's so many things to know. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm happy. I'm grateful to be an African. I'm just disappointed with our leaders. This is it. Got it. And just to make sure my listeners under, understood, the actress you're referring to is actually the one that plays Molly on Insecure, correct? Yeah, um, the one that plays Molly. Yes, Issa, Issa Rae's um, best friend. Well, the, based on the last season, we don't know, but yeah, basically Molly. Okay, but that's that's good. And to your point, right? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of us are uneducated when it comes to Africa because even how we were taught it, it wasn't, you know, of course we have our own American history, but yeah. we used to always see, for the most part, just commercials on eight cents a day, and you can feed a whole yeah, family. Yeah, you can feed, you can feed a child with eight cents a day. You can feed a family with one dollar a day. Right, and 
So imagine seeing that all the time. The closest thing where we saw like African excellence, speaking for me, was like coming to America with Eddie Murphy, like seeing where he came from and the whole storyline, yeah, which yeah. I'm pretty sure you can cut that movie apart too. I'm pretty sure you can expose that movie too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can't, I can't pick it up and pick it apart. Like, uh, <laughs> but I love that movie, so I don't want to do anything now. I don't want to touch it. Don't let me touch Got it. it. Leave, leave mercy to that, please, because we got the second one coming out soon. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, uh, but that's cool. That's that's real dope information. Um, so you said in your country alone that you have over twenty languages. And I'm sorry if I missed this. How much yeah. language do you speak personally? Uh, I speak English, Pidgin, Yoruba, and a little bit of other tribe languages. A little no. I don't know much about, but I speak a little about understand the greetings and how to price stuff. Like if I want to buy, if I go to the market, so I, if I want to buy something from an Aosan man, I know if I say Nagode, he knows what I'm trying to talk about. So, and if I'm talking to an Igbo person, maybe I'm buying something from an Igbo person and like Egole. So he already knows I'm asking how much. Egole? Egole. Egole. Ego, ego means money. Ego means uh, how much, like how much does it cost? It's a nice place to visit. There's nice hotels, nice sight to view. The beach is amazing. You enjoy yourself at the beach. It's a very nice place. The sunset, you, you're going to enjoy the sunset, the sunrise, everything. You, you enjoy yourself and you enjoy the food too. Got it. Now, I didn't want to, um, I was curious because I, I didn't want to go to Ghana at one point, um, okay. only because of what what I've heard from it in terms of tourist attraction. I mean, I know it, I've heard there's a lot of tourist attractions because I think I even mentioned it to you months ago, where there was actually a, a Nigerian beautician uh, right next to the barb shop where I was getting my hair cut, and she was describing okay. different things to me. So I knew I wanted to to travel to Ghana. Um, Parts of Nigeria I want to look into because I know because I know she mentioned Nigeria is pretty big itself, so I know certain yeah. things, certain places I want to go to, and uh, I just want to be really, um, I guess, on point when I get there, right? Because I don't want to be offensive, but I don't want to be naive either. Because oh, oh, you know that's the thing when we see foreigners when they are here, we don't get offended if they made a, if they make a mistake about a culture or tribe or anything. So just let it slide, like okay. We understand. Got it. So speaking of that, and we, we mentioned, I mentioned a little bit of that before we we got connected. Um, where I'm from, we're in the southeast, where the Geechee Gullah culture is actually still very prevalent and strong. Yeah. And I remember the same Nigerian beautician I mentioned when she when she was aware that I was Geechee, shot break breaking down this whole history about how. Both Geechee descendants came from Sierra Leone and yeah. how how the culture of the rice and everything she was saying was just blowing my mind because we, we're Geechee based on how we speak, but we know as a whole deep culture and how we cook and everything in that nature. But to hear someone that's actually from West Africa break it down like that was a cool thing to really experience. So. What do you know of the Geechee Gullah culture so I can learn more about my ancestry possibly? Yeah, the Geechees, they, we all know uh, most of the slaves that it took them from Syria alone, they, they, most of them ended up in uh, South Carolina. So and most of the ones they took from uh, Nigerians, they, from Nigeria, sorry, they end up in um, some part of South Carolina, uh, in Louisiana, and then... Uh, most of them are in Haiti too. Haiti as a country. Uh, even Haiti, some part of Haiti, they speak uh, like kind of like Yoruba, my language. It's very close. Like they speak cl- very close to uh, my language here. Yeah. So, and the food, they kind of like cook the same way, eat the same way, and also. And the Geichi culture really. Uh, when I, the first time I heard about uh, the soccer, um, the Geichi culture in America, I was like, okay. So, so that means some people work hard and try very hard to keep their culture alive even with the old slavery thing and 
the way they try to take everything away from them, they change their language, change their name. So I was really happy to learn about it. So uh, most of them, they came from uh, Sierra Leone. I think, yeah, Sierra Leone, Ghana, and Gabon. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, Gabon. So it was an eye-opener for me when I saw those things too. So, nice. sorry. Um, yeah, so it was an eye-opener for me. I was just like, wow. But when I see a JJ person, like, if I remember the first time I saw a picture on Twitter, I already knew, like, before, even before you, uh, you do any ancestry test, I knew you are from West Africa. The same way I knew uh, Shalamin was from West Africa. So how do like you got to tell how do how like what what is it? Yeah, I, I, I can tell when I when I see my brothers, I can tell like no matter how long they've been away, I can tell when I see my brothers. Even before I knew uh, Nas Nas name was uh, Oludara, I could tell it was from uh, Nigeria. Is actually that name Oludara means thank God, which is which originated from where my parents are from originally. My parents are from originally, which is Ocean State. Like that is VNS is from like his ancestors. That is where they are from. But I'm sure he doesn't know it. But I remember when he came to Nigeria, some people were telling him he came to do a show for Sound City and Star Laga. Yeah, they were telling him he's from Ocean State. He was from here. That his name is this now. He was he was smiling, but I, I know he didn't understand fully what they were talking about. So mm. um, from most of the people that he took. Which is the Igbo people from my coach from my country, and some Yoruba people from my country as well. They took from Senegal, the Wolof people from Senegal, and the Ashanti from Ghana. So, um, they still speak some language that they speak now. The Gichi language is related, kind of like close to Yoruba language, the Ewe language, the Twi language, the Mende language, and the Bini language. So. You can see that they, they try their possible to keep that culture alive, which which I'm always very proud of. Like I was happy when I saw those things. I was so happy. So try and do your ancestry test and tell me where you are from. I I really hope you are from Nigeria, so I can really actually call you my brother. So absolutely, yeah, I'm I'm gonna get that test done. I, that's that's been like in my goal my goal list for my go to list for a while to get like Af- like an African ancestry test done, so I can actually know what parts my ancestry falls into exactly yeah, exactly yeah even if you come to if you come to nigeria uh, uh the spots where they, they took people away uh, on uh, at the ports like the from the water side the ship that they that they took people away from is still there like all those other signs they call the history some of some of the uh chain and shackles that they put on their neck and their hands they're still alive if you there's a place called badagri in lagos you see all those things there like how they took the slaves away, where they took them from, and how stuff like that. So those things are still there. So you you actually see. I remember Kisoka went to Ghana anyway. He saw those things and he was crying. So this is really crazy. Like, but mm-hmm. you you should know. You need to know. Definitely, definitely. And to something more lighthearted, but something that's a, another common interest of us. You are also a Los Angeles Lakers fan. Yeah. <laughs> so I want you to tell us why you chose the greatest NBA franchise of all time to be your favorite team. It's Kobe. Man, the reach of Kobe. <laughs> it's Kobe, man. It's Kobe. I remember, like, I wasn't privileged to watch the NBA games, but anytime uh, the news is on, so there's always a sports segment in the news. That's on the local news. That's on NTA, NTA 10. So the segment that I'm always, I know the news starts by 10 p.m. So I'm always waiting till like uh, 9, oh, sorry, 10.45. That's when the sports segment starts. So that's when I, I join them to watch the news. So when they, when they talk about uh, football, you guys call it soccer, talk about football, and they talk about the mm-hmm. NBA. The NBA talk is nothing more than two minutes, like, but I always knew when they talk about the NBA, then it's always about Kobe making this, Kobe doing that, Kobe and Shaq, Kobe and Shaq. But I saw more of Kobe. So I started paying attention like, oh. So back then, when I got to secondary school, which is high school, when I entered high school, there was a basketball court in the school. So I started playing. 
So I went to the market, started looking for a basketball jersey. I couldn't find any other jersey than Kobe jersey. So even though they were all fake, as, as they were all fake, no, no original jersey, no nothing. They were all fake. They were made here in Nigeria, designed here in Nigeria, and stuff like that. So mm. we still buy them and wear them just to feel like, ah, I'm feeling like Kobe today. Let me go and make three-point shoots. Let me go and dunk on this, on, um, on all my friends today. But, so those are the things that we enjoy. So that's when I realized, okay, Los Angeles Lakers is my team, and Kobe is my is my favorite player. And thank God I didn't choose wrong. Nice, nice. And um, I didn't really say this in the beginning, but that's how we connected with through Twitter. And a lot of the same things I watch, a lot of the same things, sports wise, series wise, wow. music wise. It was like, yo, this this is like my my brother from a whole like from a whole nother place, like from a whole nother side of the world. <laughs> exactly. So, so that's cool, man. And also, you were a huge part on putting me on Burner Boy because yeah. he he performed at a B, the BT Awards a couple of years ago. He was performing a song, Yay, which ended up being like a huge song after the fact. Yeah, but you, yeah, you, you put me, I was like, I remember, I think I tweeted, I was like, yo, I'm, I'm kind of feeling this, this Burner Boy track. And you was like, you put me onto the whole album. Yeah, and I'm like, put, okay, you were listening to the second album. So I, the, the, there was a song in the second album. That was what you were listening to. And I put you on to the first album. Like, go and listen to his early work that he has done. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And I think my favorite song now is Bank On It. I listen to Bank On It daily. Yeah. I can put 100,000 on it. Yeah. yeah. Bank on it. There you go. There you go. So. <laughs> And I know, um, so what Burner Boy does, let me cl- I'm gonna clarify this too, because um, the term Afrobeats gets thrown ar- thrown around a lot. Yeah, Phil started it. Right, he mentioned that because he said what he did was it fully Afrobeats, like a fusion between Afrobeats yeah, and R&B. Yeah. Got it. Yeah, and, so if I want- and a little bit of reggae in it too. Okay, so if I wanted yeah. to listen to true Afro beats, I have to go to to Feli's music. Yeah, Fela, Nikolakbo, Femi, Nikolakbo. Yeah, those are the and uh, beautiful Nubia. Beautiful Nubia. Yeah. Okay. Okay, I'm yeah, checking those guy, out. That, that, the, the beautiful Nubia guy actually made great music. Uh, he, he talks about Africa and how. And when you listen to your song, you then you, you understand more about Africa as well. Got it. All my listeners out there, um, Afro beats is is one of those music that you can play whether you want to study, whether you want to dance, clean oh, the apartment. Yeah. It's it's really yeah, like <laughs> it really is a is a is a mood music. Where no matter what mood what mood you're in, it's good music. Yeah, it's it's and it's been sampled by almost all American artists now. I remember when um, Nas sampled uh, one of Fela's this thing. Um, there was a track on um, God's Son that he featured at uh, Alicia Keys. That the, the beginning of the beat was strictly Fela like Ijeni, Ijana, Ijeni, Ijana, Ijeni, Didana, Didana. Oh wow, that was him. Okay. I can't remember the track right now. So it was that was strictly Fela music. Like that's when I realized that okay, okay, so. Now it's really rapping. I was like, I'm fine with that. <laughs> nice. That's so, dope. Yeah, so it was, that's Afrobeat, like, but now it has been mixed up into, like, Afro-pop, Afro-hip-hop, like, it's more of hip-hop into Afrobeat now, like, like one dance that Drake did. That was, like, a stolen song. That should have, you said that should have never been Drake's song. I need the one dance. Yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, so that was supposed to be a whiskey song, not a song. So I think whiskey just gave him the song or something like that. But I know Drake likes to bite from everybody. So. Oh man, you just throwing barbs at everything. <laughs> <laughs> no, but he does though. He, he bites from everybody. He steals from year and year and year and had it together. Say it's Drake music. No, no Drake. We know where you stole it from. Gotcha. <laughs> and and TV wise, I know you're also a fan of the shy, right? Yeah, but until they until they spoil it for me. 
Yeah. Yeah, we didn't. We wasn't that happy with the last season, right? No, the last season wasn't it at all. Yeah. <laughs> and um, uh, and power. You, I don't remember we tweeted too much about power together, but you, you're in the power too, right? The series power. Yeah, I saw, I saw, I saw everything. Like I saw the old from season one to the end. Got it. So let me ask you this: since, since you know, Rotimi, the actor that plays Dre on Power. Okay, yeah, like, Rotimi. Yeah, he was like the most hated character at one point before Tariq took that mantle at one point. Was you still, yeah. you kind of root for him because he was Nigerian or you didn't care because that's how hated he was? I'm just curious. No, I I wanted him dead. <laughs> <laughs> I, want, I wanted him dead. Like, come on, what's this wrong with this man? What is he doing? <laughs> like, there were so many occasions that he was supposed to die. I'm like, kill, kill this man. Kill him. Let him go. Like, but they, 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 they didn't kill him. I was surprised he lasted to the end of the show. Like, yeah, he did. He had a nice run. Yeah, he really did. Yeah, he did. Oh, man. So, in, in conclusion, if I were to ask you, either than what we're doing now, which is communication, right, asking tough questions, yeah. and what do you feel is, how do you feel we can bridge the gap between Africa, um, like, Different people, different countries, different yeah. places in Africa, and African Americans. First, first thing, um, especially, I'm going to speak to the uh, to the Black Americans directly first. Like they need to, they need to like study more. There is, they have, they have a phone. Like they can actually Google anything they want to know. Like you need to open their mind to knowing more about things before they talk or judge people and stuff like that. So. Um, I love my black brothers and sisters. I, I, I would like to marry a, a black woman, a black American woman, because I, I'm in love with the way they talk, their swag, the way they carry themselves. I love it. But sometimes when you hear a black person open their mouth and speak and you'll be surprised, like, why, why are you talking like this? Like, you're supposed to know these things. Like, sometimes uh-huh. it's, it's, it, it odds. Like, when you, when there was this YouTube video that I saw that they were asking, uh, they were asking black Americans, like, um, how many countries can you mention in Africa? Okay, they didn't even say how many, like, mention, like, five countries in Africa. And they, they, they can't. I was so disappointed. I was, that day I was hungry. I was out, like, why? Like, there's, like, 50 of them. Like, you can't mention five. That's or true. The, the, the most they could mention was South Africa. And that's because... It's just south of Africa, like it does south in it, and it's Africa. So, and that's why they could mention South Africa. Like, and some they don't even know Africa is not, it's not a country. Um, it's odd, like it's disappointing. Like, why? Why won't you know these things? Like, I understand. Okay, the education is messed up. They, they didn't tell you more. They, they won't tell you much about your history and all. But do your own research. Learn for yourself. Nas was Nas Nas was uh, sixteen when he was rapping at the barbecue, I believe. Like he was, but he studied. That is why some of some of his rhyme he talks about things that he didn't finish high school. I believe I I, I know he didn't finish high school. And when he talks, you you think he finished from Harvard. Yeah, same same yeah, for Tupac. Yeah, he didn't finish high school either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and Tupac as well. That's because self thought, self education. It, it, it is very important. School can only tell you what they want you to know. Like okay, this is how you calculate something. This is how you balance your economy. This is how you do that. But they won't tell you how to live your life in real world like that is something that you have to teach yourself so you have to you have to open your mind first not just what they show you on tv if it's about just consuming whatever i see on tv do you do you know what i believe about americans i believe you guys just like to shoot each other and kill each other willy-nilly like i saw the wire i saw so many i've seen so many gangster movies that doesn't even make any sense but i believe that's just they're just trying to sell a movie that's not what american stands for uh-huh. that's that's because i open my mind i learn i study and because i'm interested in knowing these things but once we can get black americans interested which is why i was happy about the old black panther movie like at least it got you guys interested in africa then maybe now you can then open your mind into knowing okay so this thing is like this thing is like this there's so many things to know about Africa itself, and there's so many things Africa needs to know about Black Americans. 
we understand like okay it's hard being black in, in america we see all the shooting we see all the police brutality the bias the, the way they sentence black people in court is different from the way they sentence white people in court i've seen i've seen white people get away with so many things and i've seen a black man being locked up just for stealing a, a candy in the store so it's 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 it's, it's different it's hard but don't but what blacks do sometimes is when you know okay it's, it's tough for you already why do you do some things some certain way and make it easy for for them to like like eddie uh, there was a there was a comedy this thing that i saw eddie griffin he said a, a, a white person is scared of a black man with a book than is scared when a black man is with a gun and it's true uh -huh. because they know that he's with a book that means he's knowledgeable he knows what he's doing I think uh, some of the problem is uh, blacks have too many leaders. You feel like we have too many leaders? Yeah. Okay. Black Americans have too many leaders. Like you have, and so black Americans are used to depending on, okay, somebody have to like stand up for us before we follow, which is not supposed to be so. It's, it's, when have you ever seen um, white people doing so many wrong things and they will stand on it, but you never see somebody come out and say, I'm the leader. But they're always working together without having a leader. That's something black people need to start doing as well. Like we need to start working together without saying, okay, this is our leader. Because once we have a leader, like this is our leader for this movement, then they start coming to the uh, Fox News station to talk. Then they start going to the uh, CNN to talk. Then that's when the, the problems start coming in. Because behind those talk shows that they attend, there's so many things that goes on that we, as the people, don't know about. We don't, we don't see, we don't hear. Mm. Sometimes you already lost your leader just by pointing him as this is your leader. So sometimes you just have to do things for ourselves. I know but it's hard, but it's just something we have to work on. And this is not the era of okay, Martin Luther King or Malcolm X. This is the era of where everybody is privilege to have a mobile phone and internet where we can connect and talk to each other and share ideas and share anything that we want. Absolutely. Just like now how we have a conversation about everything. Exactly. So it's, right. it's, 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 it's a new world. So I, 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 it's always odd me when another black man gets shot by the police or another, another black man is sent to jail. It's, it's, it's painful. It's always painful. I, because I, I love my black movie, I always support how whenever there is a black movie in theater out here in Nigeria, I always go and see it. Mm. So just because it's, 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 my, it's my people. Well, well said, well said. Yeah. Um, and another thing is um, the, 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 this thing, uh, the black Americans tend to start seeing, when they see somebody is African, they need to stop seeing the person as a threat to you or maybe he's trying to take your spot as a black person in america no that is your brother that's your sister there's so much you can learn from each other nobody nobody knows it all we don't by the time when you check the knowledge in this world then you realize that you don't know anything we we don't know anything we are just trying to learn every day every day be a student gotcha i'm assuming you're referring to probably more than one instance but i'm assuming you're referring to like how some uh, black actors are a little discouraged that a couple of foreign, well, you know, foreign actors are are using American, basically acting yeah, American yeah. roles. And, yeah, uh, exactly. And, gotcha. and they were saying, and there was there was some issues in college and um, American colleges, like the the black Americans are saying the Africans are taking over as black people in the colleges. Right. The, the thing is, those black people, those Africans that were there, they were actually work very hard. You know how much grade we have to get? You know how hard it is? How hard our education is? It's not easy to study here in Africa. Like Our syllabus is tough. And they don't give us space or chance to do so many things that you guys are privileged to over there when you're in school. So it's like we have to work two times harder to get those grades sometimes three times just to get those grades so that we can come to school over there. Mm -hmm. And that's something I want my listeners to to really uh, take in. And hopefully yeah. after this conversation, after this episode airs, which will be soon, 
that not only do it'll spark an interest to do more researching, but to really open our eyes and really understand that just because yeah. it was a disconnect doesn't mean it has to be permanent. Yeah, there's a disconnect. Yeah, very, very big one. But man, this is this felt like a legendary episode. I feel like there's gonna be more to come though, because we definitely got to bring you on to talk about any other African style, any Nigerian movie, any Ghana movie. Yeah. I'm bringing you back on so you can tear it apart. <laughs> Anytime, I'll get anyone <laughs> out there who wants to probably touch base with you or just follow you. What is your social media handles? Yeah, my social media handle on Twitter is at Olasen. At H-O-L-A-S-O-N. Yeah, it's as simple as at Olasen. And then IG, I don't have a personal IG, so it's for my uh, photography um, IG. So it's at photoplus underscore photography. The, and the photoplus is F-O-T-O-P-L-U-S. Like, F-O-T-O-P-L-U-S underscore photography. Got it. Everybody, please check them out. Put it in. Once again, thanks again for the legendary episode. Yeah, thank you for having me.